Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the host of the podcast here, and we have a great guest coming on with us. Uh, We have Seth, uh, who's going to help us uh, preview Indiana today, so it's a... one of our more exciting previews, one of the, the programs in the Big Ten that has been uh, up and down over the last uh, five, six years. So it should be should be a lot of fun, you know, moving closer to the season. So we're diving into these previews. Um, Seth, before we get started, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? I think this is the first time we've had you on the podcast um, and also, uh, you know, who you write for and where people can check you out. Yeah, so my name is Seth Powell. Uh, I spent three years covering Indiana basketball, two for Inside Indiana. I just graduated from IU in May. Uh, I spent two years with Inside Indiana. Was, was All my work was on 24-7. And last year I wrote for Inside the Hall and did some stuff with Assembly Call, uh, two very good sites. This year I'm not covering IU basketball. I'm a free agent. So if, <laughs> if anyone needs a good sports writer, shoot me an email. Uh, SethPow88 at gmail.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter at SethPow. And yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks again for joining us. Um, again, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, this is always one of our more uh, interesting previews, you know, considering just what Indiana has been recently. Um, and why, right. why don't we, why don't we start with that? You know, last season, uh, one of the more bizarre uh, runs I, I can recall for a team, um, Indiana ends up finishing 19 and 16 overall, which is a pretty mediocre record, even though the Big Ten was pretty good. Still uh, barely above 500 when they closed the regular season. Um, but they started initially 12 and 2, follow that up by losing 12 of 13. And then follow that up with a, a four-game winning streak where they almost get back into the NCAA tournament. Um, what now, happened? The one win in that 12 of 13 losing streak was winning in overtime at Breslin Center. You can't ignore yeah. that also. Yeah, yeah. Going on the road, beating the Big Ten regular season and tournament champions, a team that ends up going to the Final Four. Uh, just a really bizarre uh, season. <laughs> Um, what are your overall takeaways on the season? What, what led to this sort of up and down, uh, approach for the team? Um, and yeah, what, what takeaways did you have? Well, in general, I thought it had to be a disappointment for Indiana, given the big expectations they came into the season with. I mean, when they landed, they already had a decent recruiting class. So then when they landed Romeo Langford, you figured that the tournament would be a give, making the tournament would be a given, could they, how far could they get in the tournament? And look, we, we learned after the season that Romeo Langford was dealing with injuries and he may not have been up playing up to full strength all season. And there were times where I thought that he didn't look like he was playing up to full strength, you know, like maybe just not being as dominant as he could be. Or, and he definitely didn't shoot the three ball as well as uh, IU was hoping that he would. And that hurt IU because they just didn't have much three-point shooting in general, which was a, one of their biggest issues. They just couldn't really hang with a team that could – lighted up from three-point range because they never had that consistent 
three-point shooter. They, had, I mean, their best shooters were in the mid-30s, which is fine, but they just didn't get enough consistency from three-point range to, to really hang with big three-point teams. And they also just didn't really have a consistent third score, I thought. I mean, mm-hmm. Jawan Morgan was very consistent, and Romeo Langford, even playing through injury, was very consistent. It consistently putting up numbers for them. But beyond that, it was just kind of who wanted to step up as the third scorer from game to game, and it was really inconsistent who did. Mm-hmm. So let me let me bounce this off of you. I've I've sort of been had a theory, you know, on on last season. Obviously, um, you know, we follow follow the Hoosiers just like everybody else in the Big Ten, pretty close. But you're down in the in the ruts with with the Hoosiers all last season. Um, I I have sort of uh, my my sort of takeaway here is, uh, you know, if you look the start to the season, you know, a lot of people will say, well, they just got hot playing non-conference teams, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at the teams they beat, they beat a lot of good teams. They beat Louisville. They beat Marquette. They beat Butler. Uh, this was not just a bunch of dead bodies uh, Indiana was playing. And they get to 12-2, and 3-0 in the league before they uh, follow that with that horrible losing stretch. Um, I think if you look at, at Rob Finnessy and, and how he played last season – um, I, I don't have the stat up. I, I wish I had it pulled up. But um, if you look at games where he had a 100 or higher offensive rating and played at least 20 minutes, um, Indiana's record is, is pretty solid. Uh, in the inverse games where he didn't play at least 20 minutes or you know struggled, uh, the team did not do very well. I, I think they were like four and eight or, or something like that. Uh, what do you buy into that? Because I, I've always sort of had the impression that the struggle sort of timed up with when he started missing games. Um, obviously he did come back later, but uh, I, I have always sort of had the the takeaway. I, I thought that injury really contributed to the, the mid season struggles. You're dead on with that. I mean, he was very, very good from the beginning of the season. And then sometime like late December, I think it was, he mm-hmm. uh, just at the beginning of, of the winter break, they were playing some dud team and he went down with a concussion early in the game missed a few games with that and he you know he wasn't out for he probably missed like three four five games something like that Mm -hmm. they I mean I don't think Indiana I think Indiana still had a winning record in the games that he missed but he came back and they really had to ease him back in and he wasn't really back to him full self his full self for quite a while there just with lingering effects of that injury and he may have picked up another knock somewhere so yeah I mean Rob Finnessy was really important to that team and when he didn't play when he wasn't his full self and when he wasn't playing well Indiana generally didn't play well yeah and uh I I won't belabor the point anymore because I'm sure it's not enjoyable for our our Hoosier listeners um but you know you think Indiana wasn't going to win all those games even if he was available even if Langford was available as well you know I have a hard time believing they're gonna you know go on the road beat Michigan beat Purdue etc but some of those games during that stretch, I mean, they lose to Rutgers, they lose to Nebraska, Northwestern. They probably pull out a couple of those and, and make the tournament. So you really, I feel like this is a season where they were really, really close, just had some bad luck. Um, but with and that, I mean, you, even, oh, even against some better teams too. I mean, they only lost to Maryland on the road by like three points. And that was the first game Fennessey came back from his injury. If they had a healthy Fennessey in that game, they could have won. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like it, it was that close, which is, uh, crazy to think about a team that was, you know, finished 19 and 16 overall. Um, you know, they lost to Ohio state in the big 10 tournament and dropped them to 17 and 15. So 17 and 15 as a selection Sunday. Um, and really 
you think of that one injury, um, especially on top of Langford's, you know, where could they have been uh, had those things fallen right? But of course, they didn't end up uh, falling in the right direction. Indiana uh, misses the NCAA tournament. They make the NIT. Um, they've now had some players depart in the offseason. Um, before we get into this season, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the players that are going out the door and the players that are coming in. Um, could you just talk a little bit about the departures? Obviously, Langford's a big one. Um, but what Indiana's losing and also you know, your impressions of what they're adding this offseason? So, I mean, Indiana's losing their two best players from last season with Romeo Langford and Jawan Morgan. And Jawan Morgan especially, I think, is a huge loss. Romeo Langford came in and lit it up, even while playing through injury, lit it up for Indiana at the guard position. But Jawan Morgan was just so steady, so consistent. I mean, he had consistency that even Langford couldn't match. I mean, you could, he recorded the first triple-double in a, like only the second in program history somehow, uh, Jawan Morgan did. And he just goes out there and you can, you could always count on him, not always in double figures, but always count on a productive outing from Jawan Morgan. And he was a leader that Indiana is going to miss a little bit. Uh, and Romeo Langford was very good at getting to the basket. He didn't shoot the three as well as IU had hoped, but in terms of getting to the rim and finishing, he was one of the best in, in the Big Ten, I think. So they're, they, they lose a lot of talent there. Uh, guys that come in this year, they have Joey Brunk, a big man transfer from Butler, who will play. He'll play. He'll get some decent minutes. He can really bang it around inside. Very physical guy. He's not, not a great shooter, but that fits well with this Indiana team. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you look at two freshmen, Trace Jackson Davis and Armand Franklin. Uh, Tr- Jackson Davis was the higher ranked of those two recruits. He'll get some playing time, but this isn't a Romeo Langford one and done type of deal. I think he'll be a two to three year guy at, at minimum. Uh, he's got to build up some strength, but he's a- another good finisher inside. Uh, he's a power forward. He can, he's a good rebounder. He, he's got, got to improve a little bit on defense, but you know, he, he'll he'll contribute this year. He'll be a good player, but he's also got a lot of room to grow. Armand Franklin, I I watched a couple of his games last year. Very impressive guard. Uh, he'll be able to score. I'm not sure exactly what his role will be this year, just because of the guard depth that IU will have a little bit. But he'll, I, he could play. It wouldn't surprise me if he just plays a very minor role or if he doesn't even really have a role yet. But that's a guy to watch going forward for Indiana. Sure. Yeah, I, I really like the incoming uh, recruits here. Uh, Brunk, I'm not as high on it as maybe some uh, Hoosier fans are, but you know, with Morgan uh, heading out, uh, you definitely need some experience up front. So I, I think he'll be a valuable addition to have, even if he ends up playing more more of a limited role. Um, but with, with regard to the roster, uh, let's start in the backcourt. Uh, this has been sort of I don't know if an Achilles heel, that's probably a little bit of an overstatement of what it's been over the last couple of years, but it seems like the, the backcourt has sort of been the undoing here over the last couple of years for the Hoosiers. Um, do you think this is a group that, that can sort of pick up the, the level of play this year and, and potentially carry Indiana this season? It has the potential to be that type of group. I mean, they've got, once Langford went out and he missed the, the entire NIT run and he missed the entire NIT run. And in that run, you could really see what the backcourt is going to look like this coming season. 
with Devontae Green, Rob Finnessy, and Al Durham. And it's a solid group. They're all they all had pretty good seasons last year. All, and I think really they're gonna what what it's gonna depend on is Devontae Green. If he, if we see the Devontae Green that we saw the last six or so games, he, basically all of March, Devontae Green just stepped it up to another level and was really tearing Indiana a little bit. I mean, he was starting to shoot with some consistency. He His biggest undoing has always been the turnovers. He was limiting turnovers, limiting the dumb plays, and just being an overall much more productive player than we had seen at any other point in his career. I mean, he scored in double figures in – seven straight games to close the season out. And if, if he can do that, then I think Indiana will really have a solid backcourt last season. Al Durham took a big step forward last year, and he's another guy that a lot of people are pointing to that he still has room to grow, and I agree. He's got, he got a little more consistent last year, was shooting a free ball a little bit better, just continuing to do the same, developing more consistent. That, consistency is a word I keep using, and that was just a big problem <laughs> with Indiana. And it's something that they have to – rectify I mean they just don't have enough guys that consistently produce and that's the difference between good teams and bad teams Spe- speaking of consistent production here um with that I, I wanted to move to a, the wing group here for Indiana um which I in years past it had been a, a pretty good strength um but right now I, I feel like we they have a handful of guys here in Bloomington that are like very high potential guys, but also guys who really haven't done anything uh, for Indiana yet, at least on a significant level. Um, you know, you have Justin Smith, who came in with a pretty good recruiting profile, has been all right. Um, and then, of course, Jerome Hunter, who missed uh, all of last season, I believe, with injury, um, who came in with a very high recruiting profile. You know, honestly, I think you could make a pretty strong argument. He was the the second highest regarded class le- guy of the class last year outside of Langford, obviously. Um, what do you make of this group? Um, what do you think of Hunter um, and, and sort of how this is going to play out? I think Hunter is the X factor of Indiana's season. I've, I've, mm-hmm. Because we just he, he dealt with the health problems all last year. We don't really know for sure where he's at going into this season, but he would provide the, the consistent shooting that Indiana has lacked for several seasons now. And I think because of that, I think he's really if, – if he's healthy, I see Indiana as a tournament team. If he's not, I'm not so sure that Indiana can, can make the NCAA tournament. But if a healthy Jerome Hunter in that rotation would make a huge, huge difference uh, yeah. for Indiana's season. Yeah, I, I agree as far as his potential. And, I mean, um, I know this is going back a ways now because he's you know not a true freshman anymore, but – uh, he was a big deal in, in the Midwest as a recruit. I know every major, uh, you know, team in the area w- was after him, and he ended up picking Indiana. So uh, that that's a potential diamond uh, that has sort of slipped past because of the injury last season. So something to watch uh, for Indiana for sure. Um, and then to conclude uh, the roster here, um, front court uh, definitely a strength last year with Juwan Morgan, but he's now gone. Uh, what do you make of the front court? How do you think this is going to shake out? And of course, I know you talked about him briefly, but uh, where does Jackson Davis fit in here? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they use Jackson Davis, just especially to start the season. I think he'll, he'll mm-hmm. probably have an expanded role as the season goes on, and he, you know, he's already gotten his feet wet in college basketball. You know, once he gets acclimated to to the higher level, I think he'll have a little bit bigger 
of, of a role, but they do have experience coming back with Deron Davis. Uh, he'll be a senior this year. He's had some trouble staying on the court throughout his career, but when he's on the court, he's a very solid player. He He's a smart player. He can, he, you know, he, he's not a guy that's going to be able to dribble it outside and take it out. He's a true post player, but he has developed some post moves. Uh, he can, he's a decent rebounder. He, I think he's just got to be able to stay out on the court for longer stretches and, you know, mm-hmm. avoid injuries that cause him to miss games. Um, he had some foul trouble. He's had some foul trouble issues throughout his career also that he'll have to be careful with this year, but he does have, have some depth behind him, which will help with Jackson Davis, Joey Brunk, and also Ray Thompson is a name that we haven't mentioned yet. He was injured. He had, he was dealing with con- concussion symptoms for most of the season. He didn't come back until like February but in Indiana's win over Wisconsin, he had Race Thompson played a huge role, and he really locked down Ethan Happ for a significant portion of that game. So he's def- defensively he's come along, and apparent and I don't even think we've seen him reach his full potential offensively. He was pretty limited in what we saw offensively. He was a good prospect offensively when he came in as a recruit to Indiana. So I think Race Thompson is also a guy that you could see break out a little bit this year. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm happy you brought him up. I definitely think he's he's a guy who again slipped under the radar a little bit, you know, with with this bad luck Indiana's been dealing with as far as uh injuries are concerned. Um but now that now that we've sort of talked about, you know, the guys coming in, the guys heading out, the roster as a whole here, um what do you think are are the biggest strengths of this team and conversely, what do you think are the biggest concerns you have coming into the season? So the biggest strength, I think the, I think <laughs> I, I'm gonna say, I, I think the backcourt will be a big, a bigger strength than it's been. Just even without, even with Romeo Langford gone, I think you start to see the backcourt gel and come together during that uh, NIT run and with Green Smith, excuse me, Green Finnessy and uh, Durham, blanking out Durham, Green. Fantasy and Durham, I think those guys can really boost Indiana from the backcourt more than what we've seen Indiana's guards do in the past few years. And I think, you know, even though I think last year the goal was the last two years really the goal was really to play inside out. You know, if the offense kind of ran through Jawan Morgan in the post, and if and then more because Morgan was such a good passer out of the post that. You know, you could play it through him in the post. He would be able to find open shooters or be able to get to the rim and make a move from inside. And even though I don't think they'll be able to do that quite as much with Deron Davis, and Jackson Davis is a good passer also, but, you know, they won't, without Dewan Morgan, they're not going to be able to play through the post quite as much. But I think because I think the backcourt will step up a little bit more, I'm not sure that that'll be as big of a concern. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, I do agree generally as far as the backcourt. I think this is going to be one of the better backcourts we've seen at Indiana in quite some time. I mean, Green and Durham have a lot of experience <laughs> at this point. Um, you mentioned that they did pick it up a little bit, you know, towards the end of the season as well. So I, I think that's something Hoosier fans have to be uh, encouraged by. And obviously, Finnessy, I think he has a chance to be a really, really good player for Indiana. I thought last season, as I, I mentioned earlier, yeah, I, I thought it was just kind of got derailed by that whole injury. And then, uh, you know, by the time he had gotten back, Indiana was sort of amid that mid season struggle where they probably hit the wall a little bit 
uh, given their youth last season. Uh, but I think he's a player. I think he could be one of the better uh, guards in the Big Ten next season. I it's probably he's probably a player. He's going to have to be a junior or senior before you start talking about that all Big Ten type of stuff. But yeah, I think he I think he can be a really productive player for Indiana next season. And then uh, the nice with, thing with about Indiana, th- sorry to cut you off, but the thing yeah, with no with this year, I think now people are going to know who he is a little bit more. I, because if, if you watch that, the uh, conference tournament game against Ohio State, where Ohio State knocked Indiana basically out of Mark Madness, Ohio State in that game was the first team I had seen all year to make a really, really consistent effort to take Finnessy out of the game. And it made a real difference. Finnessy didn't have any impact on that game. He scored two points. He shot one for six. He just really struggled to make an impact on that game. And I, I thought that was a really big reason why Indiana lost. And, you know, he, he, it's not like as the season went on, people obviously knew who he was. But now that he's had a full season under his belt, now that there's a little bit of a blueprint out there for teams to stop Indiana by focusing in on Rob Fennessey, I think he's going to have to step it up and adjust a little bit when teams do that. But I see all Big Ten potential down the road. I think he's a very calming presence at the point guard, which – is something that Indiana's lacked since Yogi Ferrell left. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I think another thing too, is as far as uh, Durham and Green are are concerned, is I, I think those two guys, um, I mean, to be as frank as possible, these are not first round NBA <laughs> type of players. No, not to no. diminish them at all, but you know, they have their limitations. And I think these are the type of players that you really like to see play more limited minutes where they can come in, fit the role. You know, they don't have to play 35 minutes and try to carry the team, something like that. And that's where I, I think Finnessy's emergence can really help where those guys can sort of fit into their specific role. So I, I think this backcourt has a lot more potential than, uh, you know, at least the last couple of years because of Finnessy. Um, and then uh, the other thing I, I was going to get to here before we, we got too deep into the backcourt was uh the nice thing about Indiana, because the program recruits so well, is you always have a couple of those. Uh, uh, I'll just refer to them as a, as like recruit bombs, where it's these high profile guys who have just. There's so many; it seems like they just slip under the radar. And for me, uh, I've already talked about him, but I think Hunter has a lot of potential. I think he's a guy who, frankly, um, if he had played in a correlating way to how he was as a high school player. Last season, I think he would have been in the all Big Ten freshman race for sure, uh, at least for the, you know, one of the best freshmen in the league last season. And, you know, whether this injury, you know, whatever it is, uh, it doesn't seem like we have much clarity at this point. But um, if he if that hasn't affected him and he comes out as he would have last season, he could really be a, a massive X factor, as you said. I think he could be one of the better players on the entire team. Um, so, I mean, that, that is a nice thing to have sitting out there where, uh, you know, Justin Smith is already a, a proven player on the wing and you can just pull up Hunter if, if need be. Um, so that, that's exciting. And then of course, uh, from, from the downside, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, you know, Indiana's got to figure out a way to shoot better from three, um, maybe switching up some of these players, maybe a little less emphasis down low. Now that Morgan's gone, maybe that will help. Um, but obviously, uh, in today's game, it's going to be hard to win at a very high level if you're, uh, let's see, where did Indiana finish? Uh, 311th in three-point percentage uh, last season per Ken Palm. So 
uh, going to need to be better than that. So that that's probably the red flag coming in. But um, yeah, a, a lot to like. And with that, why, why don't we and, jump and in? That's why, and, that's, and that three-point percentage is why Jerome Hunter is such the big X factor. I mean, last season, Indiana needed Evan Fitzner to be that three-point shooter who, you know, not a guy that's going to play major minutes, but a guy that when he's in, you can reasonably expect him to at least take three to four threes a game and he just wasn't even he wasn't even taking that many threes per mm. game he didn't he just never really got his feet under him as far as shooting the ball and he went on a long streak of, of missing threes and not even taking threes and he just never was that shooter that indiana needed and that really hurt indiana season more than i think people are, are would talk about just compared to the number of other things that went wrong but i i think because because there's that open vacancy, you know, they need three-point shooting. Jerome Hunter can bring that three-point shooting. That's why he's such a big X factor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm, I'm just looking at the, the Ken Palm profile here. You know, Indiana finishes 325th in point distribution, you know, percentage of their points from three-pointers last season, which is obviously uh, not necessarily what you like to see again in a game that is more and more predicated on the three-point shot every year. So uh, that's an area, you know, as, as – Concerning as it is, you know, as you pointed out with Hunter, uh, it, it's an area where Indiana can improve a lot. And, you know, if they get even decently better at it, uh, you know, the, the sky's the limit. Or as Michael Jordan would say, the, the roof is the ceiling or, or whatever that quote was. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, a, a lot of potential here. But with, with that, um, before we get to, you know, what everybody loves, the the season predictions, um, let's talk about the schedule for, for a couple seconds. And I, I know we don't know the full schedule yet. You know, the big 10 hasn't released everything. Um, some of the non-conference matchups are not known. Um, but Indiana, they get Florida state, uh, at assembly, um, in the big 10 ACC challenge, they're going to play UConn and Madison square garden. And then of course the, uh, crossroads classic, they'll be playing, um, Notre Dame, uh, any anything that sticks out to you as far as the non-conference is concerned, or or things you're looking forward to? I think I mean I'm looking forward to to that game against Florida State and Duke and North Carolina. So many years in a row now that it's kind of refreshing <laughs> to see Indiana draw not one of those schools. And I mean, but at the same time, Florida State is still a really good basketball team, and that's going to be a really big challenge early in the season for Indiana. It's definitely a boost for the Hoosiers that they're going to be playing that at home. I mean, because Assembly Hall is just one of the best home atmospheres in college basketball. But even with that, it's still going to be a really tough game, which I think is good for a team early in the season to get tested like that. Um, You know, UConn is still rebuilding. That's not – I don't think they're going to be there yet. I I don't know that much about UConn. I don't think – but I don't think they're going to be there yet. So I think that also can be a good challenge for Indiana, who's also kind of a rebuilding program. It, probably later in the process of rebuilding, they would hope. But, you know, I think that'd be a good measuring stick game for Indiana. If they struggle against UConn, then that should lower everybody's expectations for the rest of the season. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I I mean, obviously, the, the big game standing out to me is the Florida State one. You know, UConn, Notre Dame have not been what they – uh, I don't know, not up to their their expectations the last couple of years, but Florida State's been been really solid. They almost made a Final Four a year or two back. Um, so that should be a big game. Uh, another note, you know, they play Arkansas at, at Assembly as well. That'll be a rematch of the NIT game they played uh, last March. So a little bit of an intriguing And they played the regular season too. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like 
Indiana and Arkansas becoming the new rivalry playing all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, the, the Big Ten schedule, we kind of know what to expect, you know, and with the 20 game slate instead of the 18 games, uh, you, you the schedules don't vary as, as much as they used to. So I, I don't feel like I, I have any any strong reactions out of here. I think the one break Indiana gets here is uh, they only play Michigan State once and they get them at home. Uh, so that's a chance to, you know, face what should be the Big Ten's best team only once. Uh, so you would think that that might help things. But, of course, again, 20 games, you know, they're going to play Purdue twice. They're going to play Maryland twice, uh, Ohio State twice, Wisconsin twice. So there, it's not going to be easy pickings, uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but uh, but with that, um, before we get to the, the predictions, I did want to touch on one last thing. And I know some people are going to be annoyed that I'm going to ask this, but I'm going to ask it. Uh, Archie Miller, he gets hired. He's now coached two seasons here in Bloomington. Um, hasn't made the NCAA tournament yet. Uh, both teams above 500, but barely. Um, what What is sort of the fan base, uh, I guess, temperature as far as Archie Miller's concerned? Um, obviously, I, I don't think anyone's thinking this is a do or die season. Uh, but where, where are people at as far as Archie Miller's concerned? Well, Indiana's fan base is very interesting, and I think there's probably multiple factions. I think there's people that already think they've seen enough and that Archie won't be able to get it done and that they should just restart because it's not even worth it anymore. But I think there's a horde of more reasonable fans who say we need to give – and I am of this opinion also that I think we – I'm not – personally, I'm not totally sold on Archie yet. I, I think especially after – you know, I, I think this season has the potential. We'll, we'll get into the preview with your next question, I guess. But, you know, he, he had a more talented overall roster last year than he will have had this year. And I just don't know what he's going to – he will do that will make a less talented roster have a better season. Obviously, there were things that had, that happened last year that got in Indiana's way, plenty of injuries and just bad luck in, in a lot of cases. But, you know – I'm not totally I'm personally not totally sold on Archie but I think a lot of people just in general are w willing to give him another year or two just to get his system fully in place just to get a roster full of his guys and I also tend to think that Fred Glass the IU's athletic director is very reasonable about this and is not just going to make a rash decision because Indiana struggled for a couple of years yeah and and one thing I I remember you know talking to some people years back about, you know, when the big 10 really reached its apex, you know, was the nation's best conference had so many nationally competitive teams. And one of the things a lot of people were talking about is that the big 10 is generally very patient with its coaches, as far as basketball is concerned and does not, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, Archie Miller. I, I don't think, as I said, I don't think this is a do or die year at all. Um, I think even if they struggle this season, he deserves at least, um, a, a shot at a fourth year, unless, I mean, we're, unless, you know, it, it's something just absolutely horrible, um, which right. I don't think, but I don't think anybody's, you could say that about any school. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, um, I, I think Archie Miller, the hot seat is, is not hot at all at this point. Um, if anything, there might be a, a small spark <laughs> or something like that, but, um, he's going to get another year, I think very comfortably. Um, and we'll see that fourth year though. We'll, at that point, I, I think fans will certainly ex expect something. But for this year, um, 
I don't think any of that hot seat chatter really, really amounts to much uh, as far as I'm concerned. But with that, um, why don't we get into the the thing everybody loves, which are the season predictions. Um, again, we don't know the full schedule yet, so we can't really go game by game or, or anything like that. But what's your general sense of you know what you think Indiana is going to do this year? Um, will they make the postseason if they do? How far will they go and or what tournament? Um, what are your expectations here for the Hoosiers this year? Well, as I just said, I think this roster as a whole is less talented than the roster they had last year. Even if they've had guys, other guys that are coming back take steps forward, I just don't know that it's enough to replace guys like Jawan Morgan and Romeo Langford, who even if other guys had off nights, those were two guys you could pretty consistently count on to give Indiana a chance at least for you know, even if it meant Indiana would be out of the game by the under eight in the second half. I mean, it, th- those were two guys that would keep Indiana fighting and scrapping for most of games. And there were t- obviously, you know, there were times where that just did not appear to be the case, but I, that's why I say most games. Um, but, you know, I think this roster is going to be a little less talented, but they're going to hope that the poll can make up for uh, the loss of a couple. And, I, like I said, I think Jerome Hunter is the big X factor here. And I think a healthy Hunter, if you have a healthy Hunter who's productive, then I think Indiana's a tournament team because I, I think then you, that you, they'll really have the balance that they need to win in the Big Ten. And I don't think they had that last year. I don't think they had that the year before. I think if Jerome Hunter is healthy and productive, I think they will have that balance they need to win more Big Ten games and get into the tournament. But without Jerome Hunter, I. I have trouble saying I think that they're going to get into the tournament because I just don't see it without without Hunter in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not too far away away from you on on this thing. I I see Indiana as a potential NCAA tournament team. I don't just looking at this group. I unless unless some of these guys really hit in a in a big way. You know, Hunter being the prime candidate because uh, you know, unlike Smith, we don't have a lot of data on him. We don't know necessarily what he's going to be at the college level, but you know, for instance, if if Hunter hits big or or one, if not both of these freshmen coming in, you know, specifically Jackson Davis really hit big. This does not look like a team to me that's going into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament or or something like that. However, with that right. said, um, even if this team is less talented than the one last year, uh, you know, for for me, the the thing that this reminds me of a little bit is um, if you remember a couple years ago. Um, Michigan State heading into the season. And I realize, you know, Michigan State is at a very different point in its program's history than Indiana is right now. But Michigan State entered a season. That was the year Miles Bridges came back. Uh, they had Jackson. And everybody was like, this is the most talented team ever, blah, 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 blah. And Michigan State just did not live up to the hype. Um, the next year, they they come back. They got Cassius Winston. Um, and the team just fit better at the college level. And to me, this Indiana team, it's not as talented as the one last year. Um, frankly, you know, Langford is is the big one. I mean, there's just nobody on this roster, I, I think, that is even close to him as far as talent's concerned. But, um, well, uh, in at least comparable. Uh, I'll, I'll say that at this point. But right. this, this roster seems to fit better uh, to me than the one last year. You know, there's the experience is sort of spread out. We got depth options at more positions now. As I mentioned, 
last year, especially when fantasy went down, I felt like the backcourt was a major weakness. Um, and I realized some of these are the same characters <laughs> as they were last year, but more experience, um, different guys. And I, I think it's going to go a long way, as I said, the concept that um, some of these players who probably shouldn't be playing three minutes this year are probably going to be able to play, you know, 20 or 25, which I think will really help their game um, progress. So for me right now, I, I think Indiana is like a bubble team, um, maybe on the wrong side of the bubble. Um, I haven't finalized all my predictions yet, but I, that's kind of how I view them. And I agree with you. I think it's going to come down to, you know, can Finnessy, uh take a massive step forward and, and be the team's, you know, quote unquote star um, and or, you know, just someone like Hunter or Jackson Davis just fly onto the scene and, and make a huge impact. Otherwise, um, this could be another one of these hanging around 500 uh, type seasons. Um, but, uh, but yeah, any, any thoughts on that? Any reaction um, in my way off or, or any, any thoughts as far as that's concerned? No, you're, you're dead on. I, I, I think don't forget Devonte green, because I think Devonte green, they're going to need him to play at the level that we saw in March because he was on another level. Oh my God, there's a loud thunder outside. <laughs> um, I don't know if you can hear it. It's really loud. No, um, no. <laughs> but um, no, they'll, they'll need Devonte Green to be at that level that he was at in March, just consistently scoring and being a much smarter player because he was not a very smart player for the first two plus years of his career. He would be a, almost a turnover machine, just make really dumb plays come in and try to either play hero ball or just he's a very flashy player. He can, he's the type of guy that he'll make a, a pass in a game that makes you say, Oh wow, that was awesome. And then two minutes later, he'll just like completely blow a coverage or <laughs> like turn the ball over on the next possession in a really ugly fashion. And that's the guy they can't have. What they need to have is a, a guard, a, a senior guard in the backcourt who's able to score in double figures pretty consistently and not cripple the team with turnovers fair enough fair enough um but uh seth before i let you go um any final thoughts here on indiana coming to the season and then of course if, if you want to remind people just just where they can check you out before we let you go um i don't think i have any other <laughs> iu thoughts <laughs> i think i've gotten all my takes and, and opinions out but uh again on twitter at seth Tao. S-E-T-H-T-O-W. And uh, if you know anyone that's hiring, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, well, thank you, Seth. And of course, to our listeners, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it. We'll be continuing these season preview podcasts here over the next month or so. Um, and of course, we're, we're all getting excited. You can check me out on Twitter at TBendit. Follow BT Powerhouse, uh, rate the podcast, hopefully in a positive way. And we'll see you all next time.